You're listening to my daddy, the sex man. Be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. We gotta be better, do better. That's every minute, every second. Drop a juice, hope you collecting them. The voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real feel never clear what I say. Always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay woke and be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We up now. We, we, we up now. Be better than yesterday, I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's your man, the Six Man, and I welcome you back to Real Talk with the Six Man. And again, you know, it's always a pleasure, man, to come in contact with you know those individuals that you uh you know you 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 had in your past, man. I mean, I run into a few people um that I went to Dale State with, and I can honestly say that I know a lot of good people that I have bonded with at Dale State. Um, I've had great um encounters i'm gonna call them encounters <laughs> at dale state and um it's always good to get some dialogue about some things that's going on and i normally don't talk about you know um sports and all that good stuff but we're gonna talk about some sports stuff tonight um later on we're gonna talk about some sports stuff i thought i heard an interesting conversation that i thought this gentleman would be well versed in and when i asked him would he come on the show he was like bet i actually got some stuff that i want to share so I want to make sure I get him on here and um we get a few things clear. So Black, what's going on, man? I'm good, bro. I can't complain. How you been, bro? Man, I've been chilling, man. How was your day? My day was good, you know. The usual nine to five, nine ten. You know how that goes, but you know. Right, right, right. So slow, slow motion better than no motion. Hey, hey, that's always a good thing, right there. That's always <laughs> exactly. a good thing, right? So um, I just wanted to touch base with you, man, and you know, just um. I know you got your um you know your your clothing line going and you you actually um told me that you was working at a HBCU and we had a quick conversation about the incident that happened at your school. So I just wanted you to share with everybody your clothing line, you know, give them your hashtag, um your 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 social media and then just kind of tell the people what you doing, you know, at one of these black HBCUs. Cool. Okay, well the the name of the brand is Hashtag Leg Day and hashtag the word spelled out. Um, of course, that's the handle on social media as well, at hashtag leg day, as well as on Facebook.com okay. slash hashtag leg day. Okay. Um, the premise behind the line and the name was um, really just kind of, I kind of made leg day synonymous with the, the, the day-to-day grind of just getting up and doing what you got to do every day. Like whether you consider it, working out or whatever it is that you do, I mean, 
just the foundation of everything that you put, all the work you put in, I consider that leg day. Okay. Because that's, that's always your toughest day at the gym. So that was the that was the premise behind the name. But, you know, it's really just a, a, around that athletic gear and, you know, just kind of trying to lean towards as far as the, the statements that I put on shirts, kind of making them specific to the culture and just kind of empowering, you know, the race as a whole and not necessarily just our race, but, you know, just trying to uplift black people as a whole. Right. And, and you and, and you actually been doing that, man, because I've been looking on, you know, online. I'm actually on your um your IG handle now. And I think when you first came out with it, um, I know I had a lot going on. I mean, I literally had a lot going on. And I remember you put a post up and I hit you. I was like, hey, Slim, as soon as I get the chance, I got you. You was like, bet, I know. And so I was happy that I was able to, you know, support because that's what I want to do. I mean, I, I, I think last year I supported um majority of black owned businesses um from love more brand to my man uh clothing line japurius um you know of course you know renee sebastian brian from dale state you know you know i was rocking i was rocking him and still rock him you know what i'm saying he he took a sabbatical because he just had a son so yeah he he took a sabbatical so i yeah so you know i had to I, i gotta wait till he called me and let me know with things coming back down the pike but i mean i've always tried to support black owned business and it's just like to me i feel like you know in the in the time that we live in now in order for us to get back to where we want to be you know we we got to support each other man we got to get on each other's back you know what i mean and support regardless of what the person may be doing and, and a lot of times i'll be hearing people say you know well you know black people they don't have customer service and this that and the third and when i got the packaging i was impressed i mean i ain't gonna lie i mean it actually made me think about some of the stuff that i want to do when i send my stuff out because i actually have these okay. bags i actually have these bags with my logo on the bag so when people oh, get okay. their stuff they be like oh shit i already know who this is but i like the touch that you put inside the bag. So I ain't gonna I ain't gonna give Appreciate people it, I ain't gonna give people too much, but when I opened the bag, I was like, oh, okay, bet. I, I so I was like, know. that's that's always a good touch. And, and that's something that people remember in terms of customer service. And I had a conversation with my man last week yeah. just about customer service and black entrepreneurship period and us trying to take it to another level. And I would say, man, don't stop doing what you're doing, especially with the packaging, man, because that shit was that shit was awesome. But if I, I but but, but what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do though, I'm gonna link you up um with this company that actually makes those bags that you sent it in. But you can okay. actually put your logo on the front of the bag. Yeah, that would be dope. So I'm gonna hook you that up with them. Dope. I'm I'm gonna link you okay. up with them. Yeah, so you can you know just take it over the top. And like for me, you know, I I'm never been a person that don't want to put a person in the loop, but don't want nobody to know what's going on. I mean, I'm, I've always been that guy. That's just gonna share that resource just to help somebody, you know, get get to the next level. So I'm definitely gonna link you up with them. But I I, I was thinking, no problem. I was thinking, right? And I was like, man, give me a moment in time that you remember on Dale State, on the yard, that made you like um think about like this dude right here yeah i fuck with him like this dude yeah he he cool people because uh, i i got i mean I, I get a few stories and so right. some of the stories that i get when i hear him i'll be like wait what me that was me i did that <laughs> <laughs> i did that i'll be like no for real so it's always good you know to get the Dell state fam on and just get them to you know relive a couple moments that we had on the yard right um we had several, bro. <laughs> like, mm. um, I know with me, like, you know, when we first got there being young knucklehead, you know, with me being from 
Brooklyn and you being from D.C., you know, D.C. and New York wasn't always on the greatest terms when we first got there. That's true. So, I mean, you know, that, that that's all part of, you know, just the youth and, you know, just feeling like your area is the best. Right. So, you know how that goes. Right. You wear that on your sleeve when you're in a, a different area. Right. But um, really, I think what stood out the most to me was you was always the same person no matter what the situation was. Like, if you were in a situation where you felt like you had to you had to ride with a friend of yours for whatever the situation was, you did that. Okay. But at the same time, if it was a situation where you felt your homeboy was wrong, you 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 told him that and put him in his place and let him know now nah, you wasn't wrong. You that that wasn't the right way to handle that. Right. So that's the one thing I can say for sure, and especially all of them, them them basketball court battles and like intramurals and all of that kind of stuff. Wow. Like you know, yeah. When you go back to those type of times and those situations where, you know, for for us. That, that was pride, you know what I mean? Like, right. whether it be pride for your area or just pride, you know, because you, you wanted to prove you was the best on the yard or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just those and, situations. And, and, just, you know, and just being competitive. Exactly. Just being competitive and you know how that, how that go and those get heated and spill over and boil over sometimes. And there, there, were, there were quite a few times I saw you being the cooler head and, you know, letting the cooler heads prevail. So... That those are one of the things that, as far as gravitating towards who you were and saying like how you react in certain situations, and you know what I mean. That was something that I was like, okay, this is this a real dude right here. I mean, that's I mean, listen, I, I that's one of the chillest stories I've I've heard thus far because every every story I've heard has been me <laughs> straight wilding the fuck out. Like, remember when you was in MLK? Yeah, remember when you was in MLK? You, I was like, no, nah, I don't remember that. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know if statute of limitations up on that. I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I do not remember that. I plead the fifth all the way. But, but I, I do, I do remember. You know that night. Um, it was a party. Um, at the MLK. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what broke out, but I remember. Um, it was a fight, and I remember Big Mike. Um, um rest in peace. Um, was getting into it. <clears throat> And a couple of, couple of our peoples was getting into it, and just the night overall was just was just crazy. It was, it was, just, was a wild night. It was just a crazy <laughs> night, man. Night. I mean, I remember it was some chairs involved. I remember mm-hmm. some glass got broke, some windows got broke, and so I remember mm-hmm. they called. Um, I remember they called um, Delaware State Police, and they came on the yard, and I and I remember them actually walking us from the MLK all the way back to all the yard, the mm-hmm. and I remember me being on the forefront. You know, fuck y'all, fuck y'all. I think this. It was just like, Gabby, come on, man. Fuck right. these niggas. Fuck that shit. And it was just like, right. I look back at them days, man, and really myself, and be like, wow. Like, yeah. I really look at the growth, man. Like, I'm still, I'm still that dude, but I got so much more growth and maturity in me now. Exactly. You yeah. got, you got better discernment on when you need to pull that out. Right. Like everything don't call for that. Right. Cause yeah, I, that's, that's that's all a part of the growth stuff. Cause I would, I would. You said what, nigga? Fuck you, talking. Yeah. It, it'd be like Kevin. No, he's just no, no. You, know, you were definitely trained to go. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's let's not get that confused. You were definitely trained to go. Like yeah. at any moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 of course that put me in some bad situations, but it also, you know, solidified a few relationships with out of out of towners. I would say out of towners. Right. That right. let them know, like, damn, okay, yeah, Slim, really about this shit, man. That's what's exactly. up. Exactly. And so I think that's something that I, not, I not say pride myself, but you know, it's all I, good. I, I, 
But I, 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 I ain't gonna lie. Some days, man, I be in here and I be thinking and I be like, damn, I, I do miss Dale State, man. I miss those man. times, man. I mean, I miss, I miss the yard. I miss. The... I tell people all the time, those are those are the the, the best years of your life because yeah. they not only do they teach you independence and discipline and being responsible for yourself, but at the same time, that's the last chance you got of being having no responsibilities. Right. <laughs> Like right. once you left there, that was it. You it, was an adult in the world. Yeah, and you had paying to, bills. You know, yeah, be all that. Paying yeah, bills, and, yeah. and you know, what I mean, you had to make sure you was good. But those are the yeah. last days where you actually had no responsibilities. All you had to do was pass a class. Yeah, that's it. And I and mean, finish with a degree. I mean, I remember going to class high as shit one morning, and, oh, and, oh, please. and the and the and the and the professor was like, "You okay?" I was like, "Yeah, I just stayed up late last night." Everybody else uh, in the class looking like me. That nigga high shit. That nigga ain't exactly. sleepy. <laughs> so I mean, I just remember so many things about you know Dale State. Um, a yeah, lot of the people, yeah, a lot of people who not here no more. Big Mike, rest in peace. Yeah, um, Don. Rest in peace, Don. Crystal. Crystal. Oh my God. Um, yeah, April. April. I mean, it was yeah, just so it's, it's, many, it's a few, man. It's a few that we lost. Yeah, man. And I remember my man Mo, uh, Mo Black, um, that was with us when I first got up there my freshman year. I mean, Mo Black. Okay. My freshman year was pretty much our ride back and forth home, right? Like, like literally. And so I remember um, meeting Hood. I mean, my story with Hood was just like I, I remember everybody was going home one weekend. I ain't have a ride. Uh -huh. I remember Hood coming through the circle. He was like, what's up, cuz? You ain't going home? I was like, nah, I ain't got no ride, champ. He was like, you, you want to go home? I was like, I mean, yeah, why not? So he was like, man, I'll come back and get you. Pack your shit, I'll come back and get you. And I remember he came back and got me. First uh -huh. first thing we did was stop the Murraydale to get some to drink. Exactly. Stop stop the Murraydale, got something to drink. And I remember riding home. And from the ride home, it was like, you know, where you from? You know, all that good stuff. And by the time he pulled up into my, my, my house, he was like, wait a minute. My grandmother, uh -huh. my grandmother lived right around the corner. I was like, oh, for real? And I mean, black, I mean, I remember giving him my phone number so we can kind of connect, you know, for the weekend, go out, you know, whatever, hang out. But I mean, we've been homies ever since then. And those and those moments, they they organic they just happened yeah like you like you just because he didn't really know me yet i mean because exactly. of course you know everybody was trying to get to know us on the yard but right you know to to bring me home and then for that weekend that weekend kind of solidified everything because we kind of ran into people that we knew each uh -huh. mutually each other and then i met his cousin and then he met my brother and then i mean it just okay. it just went from there so it was like yeah. I, I honestly can tell people, man, like you just said, man, Dell State was probably, you know, one of the best four years of my life, Joe, even though, yeah, you know, I, I, I had some bad times, but for the most part, I mean, the relationships, I, that's what I was about the to say. experience, the part, you think about, yeah. I say about 85 to 90% of the relationships you form there, you can still have, or if, if you need to reach out, you can, and it's not a problem. Right, right. right. It, 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 was a, it was a good collection of people there. Right, Exactly. So man, what you what you? I mean, I, I hate to I hate to I hate to drop this on you, man, but I, I got to because it's kind of the, the topic of the, uh, of the state of mind right now, man. What you think about okay. this dude that we got in the office, man, in this in this White House, man, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, man? man? Let me tell you something. As crazy as it looks on the surface, like with him being all idiotic and all of that, that's just who he is. Right. But I tell people all the time, the person that's sitting in the president's office. Whoever it is, they all read from the same playbook. Right. Like, it really don't matter, Republican, Democrat, all of that. I understand you got your, you know, your people that 
may have the same ideas and ideologies that you have, but they that's what they tell you. Right. But once they get in that office, they all plan from the same playbook, man. Like right. that's what I told people about Obama. You got the people that didn't like Obama. Oh, he didn't do nothing for black people. He didn't do this. When I tell people about Obama for me, I was like, well, he didn't do for me. He did for my sons because they saw people that looked like them right. in the highest office of the country. Right. So whether he did nothing for me at all, right. my sons got to see that that's a that's a, a level up that they can achieve. Right. So, I mean, like I said, as far as the, the politics of it all, I mean, Trump is what he is. He was that way when he wasn't president. He was that way as a, an entrepreneur, as a businessman. So I don't, I don't expect him to be nothing different. He, he's not a political person. Right. So he gonna move just the way he know how to move. Yeah, fucked and, up. And, and that's what, yeah, and exactly. And like, and the funny thing is, like, that's the irony of that is, I'm from Coney Island in Brooklyn. Okay. His his father owned some high rise buildings, like maybe five minutes from where I used to live at. This place called uh, uh, uh what's the name of the damn area? Now, I, now I remember. Not the high rise, but I remember his father had some like wooden type apartment slash houses, and they was made yeah. out of wood. And then the, when it, in the winter time it got cold, and the people was put in the um the electric heaters, and the shit stopped catching on shit fire, blowing up and fire, shit. Like and yeah, he, he, like his father, even his, his father was a shady businessman like that too. Right. So he 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 he's a president. That, he's the type of president that he is a businessman. He's a shady businessman. Do shady deals. Right. He, File bankruptcy five, six, seven times. He gonna circumvent whatever he can circumvent. Don't want to pay the contractors doing the work. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, he he he's the, he runs the country like he runs his business, and I, I wouldn't expect nothing different because that's what he is. Right, and so I don't, and so I don't understand how, um, you know, this two party system is is gonna evolve and work thus far. I mean, I see a lot of the Republicans kind of um, doubling back now, trying to revoke some of his powers um uh-huh. the uh and relative to the amount of powers he has in terms of war i mean i was mm-hmm. just listening to something today how they were trying to like pull back some of his powers so he right. won't do this dumb shit no more but my thing is you voted him in though you knew who he was coming exactly. in the door so it's like why try to double back now and and i mean i get why you trying to double back but i mean like other people would say you know i put up a meme and it was like you know the democrats will make you think that you know the Republicans were the bad ones, and and then the, and then the Republicans would think make you think that the, the the Democrats were the bad ones. But in all in all, all these motherfuckers, it's the same. It's, exactly. it's, yeah, it's the same. So I mean, it's like you know, I feel like me personally, the two party system to me is old. Just like I feel like the child support system, yeah. the way they treat fathers, that shit is oh, way don't, overdue. Don't that. Yeah, that shit is way past <laughs> That's a due. Whole you know what I'm saying? The, the 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 of course the justice department, the the judicial system, that shit is you know. I mean, it, all that shit need to be revamped. And I mean, I like mm-hmm. the fact that there's a couple people in different states. My man, um, uh, Jordan Harris, uh, the rings a bell to my head. He's a, a representative okay. up in Pennsylvania, and he, okay. I mean, he's doing some great work, man. He's getting he's getting convictions overturned. Um, uh, uh, Mosby up in Baltimore, she's doing the same yeah, thing. Know she's doing some you know what I'm saying? It's it's a lot of people across the board trying to you know get us back to where we used to be. But at the end of the day, I keep telling people, you know, people always say, "Oh, we can't, we we can't wait on the politicians." That's true, we can't. But what yeah, do we? But what do we do then? We we need to do it ourselves. We need to we need to start with self 
and try to start doing shit the right way. And I think that's why when I first came up with this idea, even just having a platform like this, and I mean, I, and I ain't gonna lie, I'm high as shit one night, and I'm just trying to think, what would be a good slogan for me? You know what I'm saying? After I came up with the name and the title, I was like, what would be a good slogan, man? And I was having a conversation with my man. I was like, nah, but you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers gotta be better than they were yesterday. He was like, yeah, that's it. I was that's like, it. I was like, what's it? He was like, that's the slogan, Slim. I was like, for real? Be better yeah. than you were yesterday. I was like, damn, that's tough. And so yeah. when I think about it, and even the conversation that we was having, it's it was it it fit it, it fit really well with the conversation. Cause I'm like, if you if you get the opportunity to, to walk out your front door and you know, run a red light, get a ticket, whatever, you know, make a mistake. And then right. you and then you got the opportunity to wake up and do it all over again. Why not try to be better than you were yesterday? Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I think that's kind of my premise right now. And me, you know, starting my own business, you know, trying right. to do something different. I mean, my business is gonna be entertainment based, but it's gonna be community right. based too, though. I'm gonna be okay. in the, I'm gonna be in the community, man, heavy, because I feel like right. I owe it to my community from where I came from. I would tell anybody, I came from Southeast DC. But I would tell anybody I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't um, change how I was brought up at all because I learned so much yeah. in the process. There's no education like a street education. There's right. no education of nothing teaches you like experience. Mm. Mm. Experience is the best teacher you can have. Right. So what it is that you dealt with growing up, or you know, however it was that you grew up, that that shaped you into who you are. Right. So you you can't. Like trying to double back and change it, you wouldn't be the same person that you are. Exactly. I mean, I always, you know, do the what ifs. What if I wouldn't have got locked up that night? You know, I probably, mm -hmm. I probably could have went to Maryland because they was scouting me when I was playing football at Roosevelt at that time. You know, it's just, right. it's just so many different things that I think about. I was like, damn, man, this is crazy, man. But you know, that's neither here or there. And I was having another conversation with a homie just based today, just basically telling him, you know selling drugs was the premise of what we doing right now it set up us having a mindset and an attitude of business i mean yeah, regardless what true. regardless what people like to say about drugs you know and and, and selling them i that's said but at the end of the day that's entrepreneurship that's yeah, that's, entrepreneurship. that's you like handling your business yeah 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 and, like it or not that's entrepreneurship and, and i was like and i was like now in 2020 i was like selling drugs i said man niggas don't sell drugs no more slim niggas selling houses Basically. Niggas selling clothes. Nigga, don't don't come to me talking about you trying to sell some drugs. Nigga, sell me a house. Right. Sell me, sell me a, a nice outfit or a hat or you know, sell me something that right. you made. Like don't don't nobody sell drugs. Selling drugs ain't cool no more. Drugs is free now. <laughs> Basically, you know what I'm saying. Like now, that half, shit. Half, you don't even get in trouble for drugs no more. Yeah, come on, man. Drugs <laughs> is free now, man. That shit ain't about nothing, man. I mean, in DC, you can have up to three plants in your house. Like, come on, Joe. Like. That shit ain't where yeah. it's at. And, and I'm trying to get these youngins at some point my own way, you know, just getting them to understand that, you know, yes, I'm not going to ever tell you not to sell drugs. I don't know how that's going to sound, but I'm not going to ever tell you not to sell drugs because I will be a hypocrite to, right. tell, to tell you that, right? right? But at the end of the day, when I was doing it, times were very different. Times times were very, very, very different. And I mean, even with even with um, you know, the killings, like I, I hear people always talking about the murder rate. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, right now in DC well, last year, 2019, the murder rate, I think it ended somewhere like 165, something like that, right? And everybody okay. like, oh my God, the murder rate. I was like, Joe, in the early 
late 80s, early 90s, the murder rate was like 400. DC was the murder capital. That shit was like 400. I mean, niggas was going to funerals every other day. Fuck fuck every other weekend. Every other day, a motherfucker was getting dropped. You know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't say that to, um, you know, kind of, you know, make it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You, know. you ain't trying to glorify. Yeah, not trying to glorify, but, but that's, that's it, just it, it, it's just that's just what it. I mean, like so when these youngers talk about you know hammers and shooting people, you don't even know how to shoot. You got a gun that got sixty shells in it, and you and you didn't hit nothing. <laughs> nothing. You hit every, you, you hitting windows. You hitting people's cars. The nigga still running down the alley. He ain't got a scratch on him. Ain't got a scratch on him. But you hitting little girls. You hitting old people. Like come people on, man. Come on, nothing. man. Shit is. I mean, and I and and I and I did tell a younger one day. I said, man, I think that y'all should get picked up because the police know who the fuck y'all are. I think y'all should get picked up, and I think y'all should be the ones over there fighting these wars. Fuck these people <laughs> that signed up. Y'all should go over there as vigilantes. No benefits and just go over there. And if you make it back, you make it back. If not, oh, all right. It is what it is. Yeah. You weren't doing nothing in society anyway. So yeah, Basically. yeah. So yeah, and that and that that's just my take. And I mean, I don't know how people look at that, but I think when people ask, "What can we do?" I was like, I think that'd be one. I think that'd be one suggestion that can really be made. Like, hey, if you over eighteen and you got a record that don't look like you gonna be a a a a, a, a decent citizen in society, get what? Mm-hmm. We giving you a full ride to the military, champ. A full ride. Full ride. You 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 you'll get a uniform. You'll get guns. We gonna feed you. you all you that. But but guns. but you but you don't get that GI bill though. You don't get that. You don't get that extra benefit. Yeah, yeah you don't get that. Nah, you don't get that extra benefit. Sure you won't want to be the same way you was. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I mean that's kinda that's kinda where I am with, with, with the whole, you know, politics down. I mean, there's a lot of people that talk about it, but I, I try not to I try not to get into that politics thing because it's you know, it's a it's, it's a touchy situation based on your past, your history, you know, what you've learned and what you see. And I mean, I don't try I try not to, you know, get back and forth with people online. Sometimes I do depending on what we talking about, but I try to stay loose with it cuz I don't try to give it too much attention cuz like I tell anybody, just like athletes, actors, anybody that's famous, what the fuck are they really doing for us? Why are we going back and forth about them? Yeah. What they what they what they really 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 doing for us? Exactly. Like for real, so so yeah, so man, so I'm glad you on the show, man. I, I I really do, man. I'm glad we had time to do this, man. We're gonna take a quick break though, and we're gonna come okay. back and we're gonna talk about, you know, why isn't, you know, there any minorities in sports? And and when I say sports, I mean football in general, because we know that okay. football and 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 the way they treated Colin Kaepernick and that whole thing, and you know, since we've been watching football, it's been a white boys club from Jump Street. I mean, it, there is there, there is a few sprinkle of GMs, there are a sprinkle of few minority coaches, um, but I just to me, I just don't think it's enough. And I've noticed that they that that they got a couple female coaches. I know one um, is an assistant coach for San Francisco. I think and one is on uh, Arizona, Arizona staff. staff. So, I mean, I, I think they trying to do a little bit, but I don't think it's enough inclusion where it's enough minority coaches and GMs that can bring other, you know, um, minorities to the table to get them and get their input into the game. So we're going to talk, we, we, we talk about that a little bit. So we're going to take a break, y'all. I got my man Black, hashtag leg day. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. Not black and brown people. And so now all of a sudden we go to the NFL and we say, we want to have more black coaches. Well, that means you got to have more black owners. 
Have more black presidents, more black general managers, and that filters down to what you see on the field. We can all sugarcoat it if we want. People hire people that look like them, give benefit to the doubt, benefit of the doubt to people that look like them, and those opportunities continue to pass over and over again in the NFL, the NBA. Look at college football, 11 um, minority head coaches in collegiate football, so it goes on and on and on, and a vicious cycle continues. I want to give Coach Fizz an opportunity to chime in here as well. Yeah, and I think, it's, I think it goes beyond just being black. I think just diversity in general. We need to fill more positions of decision makers with diversity. And uh, what you'll start seeing is more talent coming through, uh, getting hired into these, these high-level positions. Um, I think ultimately you got to get these assistant coaches opportunities to interview so you can get to know these guys and see that they have the, the talent and the understanding to lead your franchise. Is this something that you perceive to be a significant problem in the NBA? M much of the conversation is centered around the NFL. Do you perceive this to be a problem of significance in basketball? Not to the level of the NFL and college football, like Jalen was saying, but it still can get a lot better uh, in the NBA. RJ, what do you think from well, the NBA perspective? Well, my situation with the NBA is you look at how they have gone above and beyond bringing women great women basketball players, women that have a history in the sport. You look at Becky Hammond, Sue Bird in the front office in Denver. So you look at that. We're not even talking about black and white. We're bringing women in because yep. they see the game differently. They understand recruiting. And so when you add, the more people you add to the pot, the better the product is going to be. Absolutely. So you have to get head coaches that are going to have uh, an African-American offensive coordinator. They're going to go and bring in an African-American wide receiver coach. So these are the things that if you start to bring in, you can't just look and say owners, you got to say head coaches have to start putting people and African-Americans in a position to then get interviewed and to put them at the forefront. So I look at the NBA and, and what they've done and in including women into this sport and adding quality women. Look, when Becky Hammond and I, I was in here, I was here with the Nets when she was crushing things with the Liberty. Like, mm -hmm. there was no doubt that she knows basketball at a Absolutely. much higher level than a lot of people. So it's like, yeah, I want her on my staff also. And the next step is her becoming a head coach. So soon it won't be about whether are there black head coaches, mm -hmm. like where's the female head coach in the NBA? So I think inclusion and diversity is not just black and white, it's yeah. also female. There, I mean, there are a couple female coaches in, in foot, or women coaches in football also. And I I think the point that you guys made that's most important is that it's not diversity for the sake of diversity it's that the outcome is better when you bring in diverse opinions you'll have better outcomes and i think that's important to understand i also think it's it's um it's frustrating to look at this happen and understand that it's not much that we can do about it we can talk about it but the people who have the power and have the decisions are still entrenched and i think that they fall back on what you said Jalen. you hire and it's not just honestly the research suggests that it's not even just people that you feel comfortable with like just from media and frankly our entire lives like all people are conditioned to believe that a white man of authority is someone you can trust more like that's true across all races so it's not just that it's that we need to get ourselves and we're all responsible for that we need to break ourselves of whatever trance that is that 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 um, convinces convinces us that somehow they're more qualified because of the way they look. The National Football League, as most people are probably aware, has something that is called the Rooney Rule, and it has been in place for a long time, and I believe that it was well-intentioned, and I do not think that it is at this point serving the purpose that it was intended to serve. And so what I would like to try and do in the moment that we have here is try and offer some constructive idea if we can. Jalen, if I, if I said to you, 
we're going to put together a committee to try and address this problem, and I'd like you to chair that committee. What's the first thing we, you think we would do? Positions of power. I want to continue to stress that. Just look at Ozzie Newsom, for example. Best one of the best. Manager, the best general in, in, in the history of football. Five yeah. quarterbacks went in the first round last year. I was not surprised when he grabbed Lamar Jackson. I knew that was going to happen, and I sat on this show and said that he was going to grab him. Now look what Lamar has transformed into. And he's a former Heisman Trophy winner, just like Baker Mayfield. But if you notice, when Baker's introduced, that title is also introduced. It's not introduced for Lamar Jackson because he doesn't necessarily fit the model of what the distinguished trophy is supposed to represent. So for me, to answer your question, it starts in positions of power. And then it filters down to offensive the coordinators and things like that. And the enemy need a gig, by the way. <laughs> the quarterback point you think uh, that you brought up, I think, is a big one. It's important because what we should be talking about celebrating this year is the progress, frankly, that black quarterbacks have made. Like the the number one franchise in all of major American sports, the quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks in the league is Dak Prescott. And like the MVP last year, a black quarterback. The MVP uh -huh. this year, a black Lamar. quarterback. And it, we've even made so much progress that Wilson. Jameis Winston who is an average quarterback, is probably going to keep his job. But we don't have the, the luxury to focus on that and celebrate that because we look around, we have one black GM, and the black coaches aren't getting a fair opportunity. So that's sad to me. And I think the solution to it, I think, is you must give your justification for why you did not hire people. You have to speak for, you have to come to account for that. Not only do you do a Rooney rule, you then, all the people that you hired, need to put in print the reason why you did not hire them and the reason why you hired the person that you did. Because I think that, to me, speaks to the decision decision-making process and forces them to evaluate whether it's biases like we saw with David Tepper said, I hired this guy because he looked like me. And, and, and my thing is, was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marvin Lewis was was interviewed, right? right. In Dallas. In, in Dallas. Correct. Just, you could tell, like, we, we, interviewed, we, we interviewed one black person. My understanding no. is that Marvin was on Golik and Wingo this morning on ESPN. I have not heard yet what yes. he said, but I, I do believe he did comment on this one way or the other this morning on ESPN. And, and, and part of it, and everyone here knows, is like, just, there was a moment in time where just getting an interview meant so much for you, right? Now we're past that. We're past that, hey, he was interviewed for this job, so now he can maybe be considered for other jobs. We're past that point. So I think now it gets to your point, is you have to have some response. Matt LaFleur did one interview, got the job. Joe Judge coordinated special teams and coached receivers, did one interview, and got a job. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury failed, was a failed college coach, got the job. It's just not something that happens for black people. So we're talking about the progress that has been made in certain areas, though, and coach, even despite involving women in basketball from the nba standpoint are you seeing other progress made yeah but i think it also the reason the nba is making progress is because of commissioner silver he is he's constantly stressing the need for diversity he's constantly leading out in front on these issues and i think that's why our league is so progressive and i think it's just going to continue to get better as we move forward see i think the most important point to be made with regard to the rooney rule is that it was intended to get to put together the pipeline. What we yeah. keep talking about is to give people an opportunity to get into a pipeline. What has happened, and you pointed this out eloquently earlier, Dominique, is that the pipeline has been subverted. Uh, they're no longer, these guys are getting jobs that weren't in the pipeline, and Eric Bieniemy is in the pipeline. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury didn't know where the pipeline was, and he's the head coach of the Arizona <laughs> that, Cardinals, that, that, was, that is the problem. That was the explanation that we all got last year when we were concerned. They were like, well, we want to hire offensive coaches who are coordinators and play callers, and there are no black coaches yeah. who do that. 
like, and now they're just like, ah, no, we want to hire special teams coordinators or receiver coaches. That's what we're that's what we're looking for now. So, I mean, I think to your point about the, the commissioner, it matters. Like, I've been at odds with Roger Goodell for a number of different things, but I can say that it seems to me that diversity is something that's important to him, but he can't make those hires. I think he pushes the owners to make those hires, but generally the NFL owners are a lot older and more conservative, frankly, than the NBA owners are. Look, this is not a problem we can necessarily solve sitting at this table, but I do hope this is a place that we can have conversations like these, and I do hope Mm -hmm. that some benefit comes from them. One way or another, what's coming up? So we back, y'all. I just wanted to give y'all a taste of, uh, you know, what we was going to be talking about as we come back in the second half. And it's definitely, you know, a conversation. I mean, the skit that I let y'all hear was um, courtesy of ESPN the other morning. And Jalen Rose and you know others that were on the panel, they, they made some they made some great points. And I think when I um sent te- uh, when I text Black the what I was going to talk about, he was like, "Oh yeah, get me on because I got some shit that I want to talk about." So we go dive right in, and you know minorities in professional sports. I mean, I was looking it up last night, and it was just saying how soccer is the most diverse professional sport right now. It's soccer. You know what I mean? Like, they got a little bit of everything. But as you start looking at the NHL, you start looking at, you know, baseball. You know, we got some sprinkles in baseball. But then we look at, you know, basketball and football. It's like, wait a minute. You know, basketball, football, we got, we talking about 65, and I'm just trying to be loose with it. We talking about 65 to 70% of both leagues are predominantly what? Of athletes. Right, but when we look at upper management coaches, it's like, what are we doing? Right, what, what's really going on? So, what you, what you, what you, what you think about this? Uh, it, that's a that's a multi layered question. It is um, as far as the reasoning for it. Right. Um, but like I said in the clip, a lot of it starts with the fact that we have no black owners. Mm-hmm. Um. You got a, a team made. I mean, a, a league made up of thirty-two teams, and you got two teams that even have a minority in place in ownership. Right. Not even black people. Right. You got Jacksonville, where you got Shahid Khan, who's, I believe, he's of Indian descent, Indian, or yeah. Pakistani descent, or something like that. Yeah. And you got uh, Buffalo Bills, who have a Asian woman that's a part of their ownership team. Mm-hmm. But even if you just look at that. And you look at the whole, the Rooney rule to me is a joke. It's really pacification, if you ask me. Um, mm. Just the fact that you have to interview a black coach. Now, now, right. now, now not, to, not, to, not to throw your team under the bus, but your team just did it. Yeah. They well, in, I, I know exactly. I, be, because, okay. they, because they interviewed Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis yeah, and then just oh okay, we're gonna sign Mark McCarthy. Skip right over. Yeah, like come on, Skip man. Right what, what, oh, well, well, we interviewed him, and and that's why I said come rule on, is a joke. come on. That's why I said the rule is a joke because basically to fulfill the requirement of pass. I mean, you know, of meeting the Rooney rule, all you have to do is interview a black candidate, and which is there's several out there. Yeah, that's why all you gotta do is interview one. Yeah, that's really. But then when you even when you look at the fact that. Outside of upper management and there not being any minority owners, you have no, I think uh, Miami Dolphins, I, can, I think they have a minority GM. But even the minority coaches, even if you want to go to that level, like minority coaches 
even when they do get jobs, they're on such a short leash. Right. That one bad season, you could be out the door. Right. Like you look at Steve Wilkes just losing his job in Arizona. He got one year. And done. But done. Done. Gone. Done. You look at uh, Jim Caldwell when he was in Detroit. He got about two or three years. Done. done. Yeah. But you get Cliff Kingsbury in there now, right behind Steve Wilkes. They probably won. I think he won maybe three more games. He got a he got an extension. He gonna be there for another few years. Like like and, and, and was his? I mean, his college team was all right. All right. Like they were and, all and, right. And all right. And all right meaning five hundred, maybe seven yeah, wins. A yeah, year. yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Like where they do that at? Right. And and like it, it all goes back to the fact that we we're on such a short leash that. It's almost like, as, as much as I hate to put it in these terms, they feel like they feel like we're good enough for entertainment, but not enough to lead nobody. Ooh, say it again. And like that's what I mean. Like it's almost like because they the, the owners are majority white, they feel like we're good enough for entertainment, but not good enough to lead. Wow. So when you look at these coaches that, and, and even if you look at okay, outside of Tony Dungy, who got like a fair shake, I, I, he he did. He did, and and and, and, and I and I think between the two, I think they naturally respected them because they they really ran their teams and their organizations the right way. Exactly. I mean, even though even though Marvin Lewis had a couple years with Cincinnati when Ocho Cinco and all them was there, you know they had a little run, but as that decline came, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because he was he was actually almost seven in the playoffs, so that means you had at least seven years where you made the playoffs, lost your first game, right. And you were there long enough to at least get a chance to get it right and or show that you can do it. Right. But you look at these people like Sean McVay, 30 years old, head coach. This is his second year. Eric Bieniemy been running that Kansas City offense for the last three years. Mm-hmm. All he keep getting is interviews. Mm-hmm. You trying to tell me he can't run a team? Right. Chris Rashad had the Legion of Boom for a four-year window where teams were scared to throw the ball. That is, tell me he can't run a team? That is a true statement. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really a, 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 a mindset of until we get... And it's not necessarily about owners being racist. It's more so about they feel comfortable with their own leading their teams. Mm. Now you know and some people. Like, now you know some people will say is. racism, though. You know they. You know we like to throw that card in real fast. Oh, they racist. Yeah, I, they I racist. Wouldn't say racism. I wouldn't say that. I would just say that they like being at the top. They feel more comfortable with someone like them leading their leading their team. Like because when you think about, it, you gotta you gotta understand these are billionaires we talk about. Yeah. So yeah, these are billionaires that at the end of the day, not only does their franchises have to make money, but in order for their franchises to make money. They want to win. They need to win. Mm. If in their mind they feel like the best person that's going to give me a chance to win is this white coach from here, this white GM from here. And and if you think about it, there's not too many new GMs coming in the league. All of these GMs are getting passed around from team to team. He used to be a GM for this team. Now he's a GM for this team. So it's not even like we get an opportunity to go from a head coach to a GM to an owner. Like that's That's not a club that they want to allow us in. So do you do you think do you think any of the social factors like the social injustices? I mean, just you know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, to kind of highlight what he did. Do you think that plays a, a role in them not wanting to hire black black um um professionals in sports like GMs, coaches, and things of that nature? Honestly, I think it's more a product of 
what their perception is of black people. Okay. And like, and you can you can take that back as far as how how for the longest time they didn't think black quarterbacks were smart enough to run an offense. Oh wow! And like, they and they and they did talk about a couple quarterbacks yeah. and, and 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 who's been the MVPs of the league the last three years? Exactly. Black quarterbacks. And if, and 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 to go and if you want to go real far with it. Who gonna be the MVP this year? Yeah, Jackson. black what quarterback. What they trying to do when they draft him? Oh, you want to play running back? You want to play wide receiver? Right. Like it, it seems like they're. I mean, we're getting to the point where teams are a little more comfortable with having a black quarterback and knowing that we're capable of doing it. As far as from processing their information and athletically, they know we can do that. Right. Like we're getting to a place where they feel more comfortable with that. But for the most part, they wanted the. Six five, quote unquote, boy next door, white boy with a rocket arm, and they felt like he was the best option to run their team. Because when you think about, it, like, I, I I take you a step further. Even if you think about when Cam went number one, okay, your quarterback is the face of your team, face of your franchise. I remember when Cam got drafted number one. The first thing his owner asked him was, "Do you have any tattoos?" Wow. Okay, if you don't, let's keep it that way. Wow. You know what I mean? Because like they they feel like. When you go out there on this field and what you do off the field, you represent me. They're not thinking about the team at that point. Wow. Then I think about just the best athlete that's going to lead my team, and he's a grown adult that can live his own life outside of here. Wow. They're thinking whatever you do on or off the clock is a reflection of me. So, so that was one. Of, that was one of the first questions he asked Camden. So I was, I was, I, I, you know, as you were talking, I was kind of looking up some stuff, and it says at the start of the 2014 season, NFL surveys reveal that the league was approximately 68% African-American, mm-hmm. 28% white. Yeah. And then 4%, you know, Asian Pacific, Latino, you know, all, Asian, yeah. Right. That's crazy. That's that's the league. That's the league. That, so can you imagine if we was like, you know what, fuck this shit. We're going to go start and, our own and, league. And that's, why, and that's why I said to play, to play off of that, I'll say this. With those type of numbers and with us being that large of a majority, if we really had a problem with what they were doing to Colin Kaepernick, how about everybody take a Sunday off and let's see what the league does? Man. And, and how, about every, how about every black player take a, take, a, take a Sunday off and see what they do? Joker's not going to do that because they feel like they're losing out on their money. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, you got people that are willing to say, oh, well, they're doing him wrong, they're doing this. I feel like, you know, he's, he ain't get a fair shake, but to prove a point and or to keep yourself out of that line of fire, you won't join in with them. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, That's crazy. People will say whatever, but you, yeah. you ain't ready to jump out there on the front line with them. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, and, and, like to, and I'm going to really blow your mouth with this one. This, this, is, this is what really, I think for the most part, I don't want to say, I don't want to relegate it to just black people. Well, I can I, I will relegate it to just black people. I think for a lot of what it is that we do or what it is that we want to do, a lot of times we're so worried about inclusion as opposed to stepping out of our own and doing our own right. thing. Right. Like, we're so worried about right. what, what's, what's, what's going right now, what's <laughs> happening right now that we feel like we can't step out on our own and do something. Right. So, when you have a situation like that where we felt like there was blackballing Colin Kaepernick or whatever the case may be, how about, and of course this ties into 
you know, the black community as a whole where we would have to kind of, you know, pony up all our funds as, as, a, as a collective right. and like to try to create our own league and mimic something like that. And it may not even mimic it. Now, you know, now you know there's been a few people that had a couple dollars and mm-hmm. got, and just recently, I'm going to just say, it just recently, Puffy was trying to was trying to go get the the the, the, the Carolina Panthers and they gave it to this white boy. Now you mean to tell me Puffy couldn't team up with a few other people like Oprah and you know whoever and get a, and get a team? And I, and I'm gonna tell you, not only can they don't they don't they don't have the money. Come on. Once, once he, I'm gonna tell you what the problem was with that. Where he went wrong with that, and I I was all for it. I was done whole about. Where he went wrong with that was making a. I think he made an Instagram post about it. He did. He that did. That was the problem. He once did. He, did, he, been, he would have been much better off working behind the scenes with some other some other minority owner and or even if you want to have, you know, somebody else join your team and just be like a, you, you'd be like a silent partner. Right. You would have been better off going about it that way, making this, whoever this, this, this team you putting together to purchase this team, if you let a white person be the face of that, because they, they are going to be comfortable with letting another white person into their club. Right. Like, if you think, like, the NFL ain't nothing but a good old boys club. Like, you think about these owners' meetings and, like, when it comes down to it, everything that gets passed in the, in the league office, that shit got to go through approval of 32 owners. Right. 31 owners ain't going to approve somebody like Diddy owning a football team. Right. So, and that's why, and that's where it goes back to us feeling like we got to be included. Mm. Like, yes, it would be great for us to own a team. But can you imagine the type of shit that they'll be trying to, the type of hoops that they would try to make us jump through? Exactly. To even, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, and it really turns out to be, no matter how solid we try to go about it or how, you know how we try to go about it the right way or nothing. That red they tape. They're going to always move the goalposts on us. Yep. They're going to always move the goalposts. Yeah. So that's just, I mean, that's just what it is. And I, and I think that I like the fact that when I first start kind of watching Ballers, it, uh-huh. it I mean, it's a good show. But uh-huh. it it starts showing me the behind the scenes stuff that I didn't know that was going on. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn! Like this this what they really do?" Yeah. Wow. I mean, not not I mean, not just covering up, you know, some of the bullshit that some of the players do because we all know they, you know, they right. get you know um, the the security for the teams. You know, they 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 do they cover ups or whatever the case may be. Right. But just the you know the the parts of you know, having retirement funds for overtime players, making sure they can have, you know, money for their families if something happened to them. I mean, just just all types of stuff that I was just like, wow. Like, yeah, I didn't know that a team could just vote and be like, nah, we don't want to do that. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, just that simple. Wow. And I mean, again, uh, Will Smith, when he came out with the movie... Uh, the concussion movie. Right. It was like, yeah. it was like you, y'all known this for years. Man. And, and now that this is out now, oh, we're going to do this big program with helmets. It's like, really? The NFL is a business first, man. <laughs> I tell you, no matter what, the NFL is a business first. And they're going to do whatever they go, They got to do to protect that shield. That's crazy. And however, I mean, of course, they going to... I'm not going to say that they don't have the player's best interest at heart, but when it comes down to it, if the owners don't get their check, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be an so, issue. 
Yeah, like they they gonna make sure what they gonna do what's best for the owners and for the league before they think about the players. And so we're saying 2015, it was composed that 74 percent of black players were in the league in the mm-hmm. NBA and 23% were white and then you got the 1.8% of everybody else. It's like, Joe, we 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 are sports. Listen, hence the lab, the, the sweatshirt that you just got, culture is currency. Right. That's true. <laughs> that, like, no, 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 nothing moves until we say it moves. Dope, 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 dope-ass sweatshirt. Dope-ass sweatshirt and dope-ass term on the sweatshirt. Nothing is high. Shout out to my man Bonsu Thompson at Bonsu Dreams. He's the one that came up with the slogan. But I, I like once I heard it in his interview, it resonated with me. Like, right. and that's another Dell State alumni that 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 came out of that that mix. But right, like it, it resonated with me. Like nothing, nothing moves the needle like us. Yeah. Like not only as far as us being consumers, but like nothing, until we say something is hot, it don't fly. Right, right. It just doesn't fly. Right. So. And we got the power, dog. We just I just feel like I just feel like we have the power. We have the economic um power. Why isn't that we haven't we haven't pushed that envelope yet? I can tell you I can tell you two reasons why. One and what's probably the most important thing is we feel like it's not enough for everybody. We feel like it's only enough for us. Like if we if we like, if we do it collectively and put somebody else on, that's taken from us as if it's not enough for everybody. Nigga, it's, it's money out here for everybody. Yes, it is, brother. Like, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, and all of them been 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 thriving for decades. Wait a minute. All, all selling the same product. Wait a minute. Did you just see that Michael Vick just got another contract with Nike? He did. Wow. Really? Yes, $2 million. Wow. Get your money and back, cuz. Get your money back, Slim. Believe in that, he deserved that. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I don't give a fuck about all these people talking about he he did it. Listen, that yeah, man that back. man did his time. And that's it. He gave back. I mean, he said he did shit that he didn't even have to do. He came yeah, back. Exactly. He did shit he didn't even have man, to do. Man, come on, man. Do you still yeah. I mean, just because he black, he can't be forgiven? Come on, man. Stop it. Stop it. Right. Stop it, man. Stop that. But y'all want, but y'all want us to not talk about Harvey Weinstein. He's forgiven. Come on, but man. That's another, that's another story. It is, but <laughs> but but since but since you brought him up, him walking in the courtroom with that with that walking, I, man, I don't care about on, that. I, you know the game. I don't care about <laughs> that. that I don't care about that. I, I would have took the walker from him. him. Man, give me this damn walker. Get stand your ass up and walk in this courtroom. Exactly. Ain't wrong, wrong with you. <laughs> Nothing at all. Fuck out of here. And then and, and, and then is Oprah gonna do a documentary about him? You know what? Of we, course not. You, you know what? You know what? We going left. We going left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. You right. You right. And I'll go there with you too. You right. We going left. But they, but they even talk about it in college. You know how yeah. we we are the dominant power in college. But when you look on the sideline and you look at the coaches, there are not enough black coaches. Let me tell you something. You want to go to the college level? Hit my okay. Best receiver in NFL history. Who you say? Best receiver. Best wide receiver in NFL history. Best wide receiver in NFL history. And you mm-hmm. mean you mean since I've been living. Um, um, I would probably say Jerry Rice. What school he went to? He went to one of them small. He went to HBCU. Black school. Yeah. Walter Payton, one of the best running backs in the league. Know what school he went to? 
Jackson State. Jackson State. Wow. I, I say I say I say that to say we gotta stop worrying about going to these big Alabama, schools. Yeah. Going to Clemson. Yeah. Going to yeah. Texas. I talked about this. Sit, all to sit behind another five star recruit yeah. and wait our turn when we can go we can to be ball and be balling. State. And be we can balling. Go to Howard, yep. you can go to FAMU. Yep. They put up the same numbers. And be balling. What, 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 we, what we got to understand is, if you good, they got to find you. Yeah, flat you out. Could be playing, you could be playing on Mars. If you good, hey, listen. the NFL is going to find you. Hey, listen, let's 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 just give my man Terrence Hood a, a shout out right now, man. Because I know man. when I was at Dale State and I met Slim and we met him on the off season. Where he right. wasn't playing basketball, so we saw him in his rawest form, you know, drinking, okay. chilling on the yard. But right. when it, when it, when it was basketball season, and we used to walk up in that gym and see Slim shoot, I'd be Man. like, wait a minute. Funny, funny true story about T Hood. T Hood and Barrington was two of the first people I met when I got when I got on campus. Okay. Get to the gym. We hooping. Me and Barrington talking shit. You know, he from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. We in there talking shit. Right. She heard ain't saying too much, but he gunning motherfuckers down. Sil- <laughs> you hear me? Silent assassin. Listen, listen, ain't saying too much of nothing. Right. Ain't doing too much extra dribbling, all that extra shit. Just getting he it in. in the- there, he in there gunning motherfuckers yeah, down. I'm already hip. I'm like, who is this fuck is this? No, listen, listen, and I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to his, um, his, um, I want to call it, uh, um, I'm gonna say documentary, audio documentary, um, where I have it. I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll, I'll, um, matter of fact, let me, let me tell you exactly where it is so you can find it. Let me tell you exactly where it is. It is episode. I mean, because he pretty much breaks down everything, and it's a lot of stuff in it that people didn't know about Hood. And when they found out, you know, I was getting these inboxes. I was getting like, "Damn, for real, for real." I was like, "Yeah," because people didn't know. So there, there, there are two episodes. Um, um, one is episode twenty-eight. Okay. And then episode twenty nine, and it was pre- and pretty much episode twenty eight <clears throat> was pretty much us, all of the homies, kind of okay. kind of talking about him, how we met him, and stuff like that. And then episode twenty nine was pretty much all him, okay, kind of telling his story, kind of you know giving us from you know club basketball all the way up. And because he okay. was he was talking about camps that he was going to, and I was like, what? I mean, he said he went to a a shooting guard camp, wow, like not a not like a camp where. You know, it's 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 everybody that he was like, no, I went to a shooting guard camp. Man, you did that shit work? I was like, what? I was like, they do that? He was like, yeah. And I remember he was saying that the dude, who was the dude that he said that was the coach that was there? Um, was it Carl George? Is that his name? Yeah, Carl George. 
he said he was there and he was kind of facilitating the camp. I was like, wow. So, you know, I mean, when you when you see his face on the on the on the front of the 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 the, the ticket stub, or if you see his face on the front of the the um the fly the uh, what they call it when you um. Um, when you walk in the gym and they passing out the, oh, the, little, uh, game, the, day the, the game day brochure, his face right. is on there. Yeah. Not, not not Dale State, not the Hornet. Oh, the, the T, T Hood's face is on. Wow. It. Wow. I'm like, come on, man. Like you can't, you, you can't walk in the gym and, and everybody walking in the gym and it's time to play whatever school and your man and your your homie that you drinking outside with, his face right. is on the damn What the hell? So when you so when you say you know he should have went to the league, you got to hear that story because part of that story was I thought that coach dropped the ball, but it was but it was more it it wasn't all him though, and so that's why I say you hear the story, it's gonna make you it's gonna make you even matter. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, let me tell you this though, at the end of the day, Dale State dropped the ball on T Hood. Big time. Yeah, like Big a time. motherfucker. Because T Hood was supposed to be in the league with Wally Zerbiak. Let me tell you something. Me and Brian Butler have this conversation at least once a year. That T Hood was supposed to be in the league somewhere. Yeah, oh yeah. Like Hell you know, yeah. when I tell you it was the the fluidity and the, the, the effortlessness the effortlessness the way he scored. Yeah. And when I tell you, this man was gunning people down from 27, 28 feet like yeah, it was nothing. Like it was nothing. Man. Shit. Yeah, he was, he was supposed to be somewhere. I mean, shit, when, when he went to UCLA. Coaching when, definitely when, dropped the ball. I, like, I, I was there. I witnessed it. When he went to UCLA. Coaching definitely dropped the ball. When he went to UCLA. When he went to Arizona State. When, I, when he went to Arizona. And we got murdered in Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. We went to Arizona. As a matter of fact, that whole road trip, we got killed. Right. That whole Okay. I think he mentioned that because I think yeah, I got a clip with him at Georgia Tech. Yeah, he did battle with uh, Deion Glover when he was at Georgia Tech. I remember that game. Man, like, T. Hill was out there killing people, and there was no reason why, like, Coach shouldn't have recognized after about four or five games. We were supposed to feature T. Hill. The offense was supposed to revolve around T. Hill. Right, right, right. That's simple math. I don't see how the coach missed that. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 really did upset me. It it, yeah. it it really did. But I mean, when when it comes back to, you know, knowing athletes like that, and then knowing athletes like um like 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 Brian, because I interviewed with Brian, because we 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 kind of I kind of interviewed him in regards to the um the fair the fair play to play act. Okay. And and when I and I spoke to him, and he gave me some of his history and how he got started, and it's just like you got these athletes out here. That you know, like you don't even want to pay them. Man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I I was in school with y'all, so I know y'all ate oodles and noodles and, and got mad when right. the cafeteria was closed and we had to walk across the street and all we had was Wendy's, den- and all we had was Wendy's and Denny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to Denny's and run yeah, out of there. Yeah, the hey, listen, hey, listen. Almost right. get hit by a tractor trailer just because you stole yeah. the sandwich. Come on, man. So. Yeah. It just you 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 think about those times and then you think about okay we get in the league and it's like there's no like there's no familiarity in the league because there's no minorities coaching in the right. league. No, 
It's just not, and that's the thing. Like a lot of times when you have, and and that kind of shows the athletic prowess that we have. Cause a lot of times when you get these white coaches that don't understand you, whether it be as a person or don't understand how you are athletically, right. They'll try to turn you into something that you're not. Right. And then you end up like playing for one coach. Like you, you see how people look bad in one situation, but they go somewhere else and they blossom. Right. Because the, the coach knows how to handle them. And right. you know, they know how to bring the best out of them in terms of what their actual talent is. And so it, and it was a couple of players that that happened to. Yeah. It's a couple players that that happened to. I mean, yeah. you go to another team, and you're like, wait a minute. When he was at... Yeah, when he was at such and such, he, he, was wasn't, doing, he yeah. wasn't doing shit. But now he went, oh, okay, bet. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. I mean, especially in high school, because when I was in high school, it was a lot of players that was from Baloo or from, you know, Southeast and either played at, like, either Anacostia or Baloo. Um, some of them went to Eastern. Um, um, I know a few of them went to Spengon. Uh, you know, a um, couple of them might have went to uh, what's that school up on the hill, Cadoza, and so you know you got kids playing um high school basketball in 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 Northwest, but they live in Southeast. How how we doing that? How we how we right. making that happen? And so and so in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, well if if we got a coach that's good enough in high school. We got a coach that's good enough in college. We got a coach that might be an assistant coach, like you just named your man or Legion of Boom, you know, running right. the, one of the best defenses. You know, how, how's it that he doesn't get a shot? Man. How, how can man, you how can you let how can you let a how can you how can you let a kid who lives outside of his parameters go to school because he's good enough, but you got a coach who's coaching the defense that's shutting everything down, but he don't get a shot at being the head coach. It makes no and sense even to me. If, even if you go to the hiring cycle this offseason, like you got uh, Carolina signing the dude from Baylor. You see how much money he got? Seven years. What he got? About $72 million, I was like, what, like that. what the fuck? First of all, this man ain't coaching not a single NFL game. You gave this man seven years. That's one. Oh, my God. I was like, but what is going on? You got, again, you, I go back to, you got... Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator. You got um, Eric Bieniemy, officer. And like, if you if you look at the Chiefs' offense over the last three years, Eric Bieniemy been running it. Now, granted, it's Andy Reid's offense, but Eric Bieniemy been calling plays. He's the one that's been making their offense fly around like that. Right. You trying to tell me he can't get a job? He's not capable of, of, of coaching somebody. But meanwhile, you got the Patriots special teams coach getting the head coaching job. I ain't never even heard of the dude. Who's Joe Judge? You ever heard of him before? Nope. But he's the new head coach of the New York Giants. Wow. But you try to tell me Chris Rashad can't get a job. You try to tell me Steve Wilkes can't get a job. You try to tell me the um Raheem Morris can't get a job. Now Raheem Morris, when he was with the Skins, I was mad that they didn't promote him and allow him the opportunity. Because he, exactly. I mean, because at that time, I'm not gonna say our defense was 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 all that, but we were okay. Mm-hmm. But 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 he had already had, you know, previous, you know, coaching experience with Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He did. So I'm like, well, I mean, what are we doing? So I'm looking at um some of these coaches in the NFL, and I'm just gonna run some names down: Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. he, he, probably, he he one of the last ones left. Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. Those, those only two. We we spoke of Marvin Lewis. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Todd Bowles. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric uh, Eric B. Enemy. Uh-huh. Uh, San, uh, Kansas City. Uh, Tony right. Tony yeah, Dungy. Tony uh-huh. Dungy. We talked about him. Dennis Green. Herm Edwards. That's it. You know what I mean? And, and, and we talking about active on this list that I just named. We talking about active is only one. It's only Tom and Lynn. Two. Yeah, two. Well, but he's a coordinator, right? Right. But we right. talking about active head coaches out active of the head coaches. You got two out, out of, of thirty. Right. So it's like what? What? what really? And, and we and we sixty eight percent athletes right. in the league. Come so, on. So, Come so, on. So, so just look at it this way. Look at look, look at it this way. Sixty eight percent of the league in terms of personnel, in terms of players, right? Yeah. But you got. Two out of thirty-two. That's head coaches. So that's like maybe six percent, a little over six percent. That's but crazy. Zero out of thirty-two. That's owners. Zero. Zero. That's crazy. So you notice the higher you go up, the fewer of us you see. But 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 let's think about it this way. Now just imagine. Let's just wishful thinking. Just imagine if we had a black owner. Mm-hmm. And from the and from the from the front office on down, who, that team going to the Super Bowl. That team is going to be under all type of scrutiny and watch from the league. Right. Watching everything. Right. <laughs> they're they going to be getting drug tested every week. Right. Gonna, like everything is going to be going down. With right. But they, but they, but they, but they, but they fucking around go to the Super Bowl because everybody going to be on the same page. Everybody's going to be on the same page. Everybody going to be on the same page. For some reason, the the coach is going to be. Hey, look. Hey, when you get. Hey. Hey. It's almost, almost going to be like, you know how Obama had to be squeaky clean while he was in office. Right. That's what a, that's what an all black NFL team would look like. Hey, like. You gotta be squeaky clean. Like I'm, you can't have nothing wrong. Hey, I'm talking about when you leave practice, get in that truck right there. They're gonna take you straight home. Go home. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna I, take I you straight home. You, I don't need you stopping off nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't need you doing none of that. Yeah. Oh, you need, oh you need groceries? All right, we gonna we gonna, we gonna get your groceries Uber to the house. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 When I tell you the type of scrutiny a team like that would be under. Yeah. Like. And that's but, sad. You know, I mean, one, one thing about us, we, we find a way to thrive in any situation, no matter what it is. That's true. That's and, and that's the one thing about us. We, we've always been resilient people. That's and fast. we always going to find a way to win in a situation. So, I mean, if, if winning in the league for us is having four black quarterbacks in the playoffs right now, and it ended up being two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Well, it can't be. That, no, well, Russell Wilson go, it can't be. Yeah, Russell Wilson um, go, yeah. Right. So, if, if, if winning for us in this league is having two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl or having the top five quarterbacks in the league be black quarterbacks, and yeah. you know what I mean? We, we got to settle for the occasional head coach who's on a short leash who might get a one- or two-year deal. Right. Whereas his white counterpart may get a five- or seven-year deal. Off the rip. Off the like out the gate. Off the rip. Like you gave you gave this college coach a seven year deal. Man, when you gave Todd Bowles that job with the Jets, I think his deal was three years. Man, I was like, what in the fuck? What in the tomfoolery is going on here? And mind you, he he got that job for three years and had been in the league for about ten to twelve years. Right, prior exactly. Crazy, but you know, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. You can see the game for what it is, man. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's a win when you think about it because you know it's been a long time since we had black quarterbacks, you know, at the helm. You know, MVP. I mean, what Doug right. wins was like was the last one. Was the last one. You know what I mean? And I mean, I and, and that's why I, when I talk to people, I'm like, I'm very fortunate. Like, I'm very blessed when I look back at sports and can remember a lot of the stuff that I can remember. You know, I can't wait to this. I can't wait to this. Um. 
this Chicago Bulls documentary come out. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, yeah, like I, I, I cannot fucking, I cannot wait. And it just makes yeah, me think about, yeah, and it just makes me think about Jordan. Like, why Jordan mm-hmm. ain't, you know, got his hand more deeper into the NBA than he has it now? I mean, he he he's owner. Yeah, he but majority, he's the majority owner too. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about like flat out. Man, like flat, like that. like this, flat out. Like who who was Michael Jordan? Who was that? You gotta understand. This is this is the same guy that when he was playing, and people talking about his sneakers. He talking about Republicans buy sneakers too. He 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 oh he ain't never been the social justice warrior. <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's one thing. That's one thing I I will definitely give LeBron. Oh man. LeBron has always been right on the front line when it comes to social issues, social yeah. justice, all of that. Mike ain't never been about that. Mike been about a dollar. Yeah. I'm selling these sneakers. Yep. Y'all niggas do what y'all want to do. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. So, and I ain't mad at him for that. that if that's his yeah, attitude, I can't, I can't, be, mad can't be mad at him for that. that. Like, everybody not going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah everybody not going to be that. You know what I mean? Everybody not going to be on the front line. So, right. I mean, I, I will give LeBron, like, the utmost respect and props for that because when it comes down to Social issues, social social issues, social justice. He he's like leading. I mean, but Mike, but Mike did recently give a lot of money to build a hospital down in Charlotte, though. So I don't know what yeah, that was I, all I, about. I, I did hear about that. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about, but I mean, I know I, he did I'm sure, that. I'm sure it was a, there was something behind that. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I I had a conversation about you know kids being getting you know getting killed. You know, with these Jordans, and I mean, it's just sickening. And then I had a conversation, and, and I was talking to my man one day, and I was just like, you know, I, I couldn't, I can't see myself doing that no more. I can't see myself purchasing a shoe that's gonna eventually either get me robbed or killed. I can't, I, I can't see me doing that. Like, I, I can't, I can't see myself waiting in line for them. I mean, when they show, when they, I, I, I mean, black. Listen, I used to be a, a manager. I, I used to be a general manager at uh, Shoe City. Right, and it was okay. a big shoe store down on, on in our side on the East Coast, and okay. I remember when we used to have the, the Jordan launches. I mean, I would have everybody in the store fully staffed two hours before we open. Wow! Just going through this is what we going to do. This is what we going to do. This how we going to do it. I mean, we got all the Jordans behind the counter. We used to give out tickets mm-hmm. to people so that when they come in line, you get one ticket. You can only get up to two shoes per ticket. Right. I mean, it was all types of shit that we had to go through with these shoes. But you, I mean, we literally had to man the door like three yeah. people at a time, four people at a time. You got people outside cussing us out, and by the time yeah. we ain't got no more shoes, now you got people mad at us. I'm like, listen, wh- what you want us to do? And I was like, I got tired. I got tired of selling them shoes. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I got tired of dealing with the headache. I know. I got and tired I, of that, that shit. Is, on, a, on a side note, that is a part of that process I never understood. Like, why do y'all send out a limited? Number of shoes when y'all know everybody. You wants. you you already know like, what they're gonna do. Like I don't understand what's the point of y'all sending out three pairs of each size when y'all know everybody and their mother want these shoes. Ain't y'all cutting y'all bottom y'all bottom line short by doing that as well? Man, I, y'all not making them rare. It's and, not like y'all selling ten pair and that's it. And I'm and I'm making everybody mad because I'm the store manager. And I'm walking around with the first. Pair. <laughs> yeah, Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny, but but yeah, I just I just thought that I just I just do think that the conversation is I thought it was I thought it was a decent conversation when I heard it, and I thought it was something worth talking about. I mean, I, I rarely talk about sports on this platform, but it just made me think about the 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 um the underlying 
you know, elephant that's in the room yeah. that that don't get talked about as much. And I and I'm and I was grateful to kind of hear. And and, and it must have been. I, I, I'm like I don't have a. I don't have a producer. I don't have a program director yet, but it just seemed like across the board from the first morning show that I got the clip off of, then first take, uh-huh. and then just all across the board. Even when the NFL Live came on, everybody was talking yeah. about it. It's a, and it, like, like in, the, in a nutshell, it just seems so much like a microcosm of society. Yeah. Like, it, that, like that's just what it is. Like right. you have, even in corporations, you got the... Your upper management is typically older white males, and you may have, like, by chance, a black executive VP or something like that. But right. then all of your workers, they black. Right, exactly. That's typically, and that's typically how it works. It's just, it's just nothing but a, a much smaller representation. It's just a league. The league is a representation of what society is. That's it. Right, and I and I like, think that's, that's just how it is. And I think for me, you know, you know, trying try to you know start my own business, I think I've worked. I've been a manager for the last, I mean, I've been a manager um, maybe the last 16 years of my life. And so within those 16 years, I had to learn how to, you know, figure out what management was, like managing other people. And I got good at it. I got good at it. And I think that I learned some of the good. I learned some of the bad. So I think now I want to have an opportunity to kind of bring people in and show my management skills and show people what I know and kind of help them along and, you know, build a team and, you know, do something swell. Cause I think I got, the, I think I have the gift of gab, and I think I have the ability. I'm gonna just say that I think I have the ability right. to build a good team, and make an impact in my community, and make an impact while I'm still here before I leave, and show that to my nieces, show that to my daughters, show that to my right. nephews, you know, yeah. and, and, and maybe have them working up under me, and not necessarily saying that they they're gonna do what I want them to do, but at least they'll have a a, a mindset of you know entrepreneurship, exactly. depending on what they want to do, and I think that's kind of exactly. what I'm trying to. Yeah, they, whether it be in the lane that you're in or something right. different as that they want right. to do, it's right. they see it can be done. Correct, and I think that's exactly. important. I think I mean, and, and when we talk about you know, um, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, generational wealth and you know, mm-hmm. just long term wealth, what we going to do? Like it, it's 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 time. I mean, you know, it's sad that our some of our parents didn't set us up that way. And I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I had friends who were well off. And I'd be jealous of them. I mean, let's just be honest. I would be jealous of them. You know, two-parent household, mother and father, you know, go over their house, shit laid out, Mercedes Benz in the, you know, in, 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 the, um, in the driveway. I'm like, damn, like that? But you out here talking about, yeah, you trying to pump some coke. For what? <laughs> For what? For what, nigga? You? Really? Seriously? And so I think it's just, you know, that element that I'm just trying to, you know, bring it back, man. Because, it, it, you know, selling drugs and, and being... What we've been thus far. I mean, I was reading an article and I posted it, man. The last, the last thirty-five years, man. I mean, they talking about you know the, how how many deaths it's been by the hands of black people. Right. I mean, they talking about it was. I think it was like three hundred thousand was the number. Wow. Three hundred thousand. Thirty-five years. Murder black people, black on black. I'm like, damn. I got a question for you though. You ever wonder where the stats are for white on white crimes? And you know what? I was gonna start looking it up because I can, because I can, I can. You notice they they never publicize or publish anything like that. Man, let me see. You you just said it, and I'm just gonna see stat statistics. Look, you got me looking shit up, man, man. Because I, you know, I I just want to know. Because what I know, and 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 what and what they, I think what the media and all these studies do is 
like while the stats may be accurate, mm-hmm. more times than not, black people live by other black people. So the crime you commit is going to be against black people. Yeah, because I mean, because we're in the hood. White people, right, yeah, we're in the hood. White people live by other white people, so the crimes that they commit are going to be is going to be against other white people. So I think sometimes the way they portray these stats, it's not that they're not accurate, but it kind of, it, like, it doesn't tell a full story. Mm. Yeah, but I noticed they never say what the percentage of white-on-white crime is or white-on-white murders. Or, like, I, n- I never see those kind of stats. Now, see, now they, they give, oh, hold on, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. So this one isn't giving me detail, but it's basically talking about larceny, death, burglary, aggravated no, assault. So, so no murders, huh? Right. I don't see. I don't see <laughs> so any they, murders. So they never murdered each other. Because because it, because it says violent crime twenty eighteen, right? Property crime in twenty eighteen, and all of it is just, it says rape. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Murder one point three percent. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You're not. I'm not going. For Aggravated that. assault is sixty six point nine percent. Burglary is twenty three percent. Come on, like, come on, man. I'm not going for that. So, you, so you tell me, sixty seven percent of them can beat each other up, but only two percent of them kill yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Come, come on, on that. Man. Come like, on. Come that, on that, man. I mean, I remember I was hearing something about the percentage on white men um, killing police officers. It was it was astonishing. I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah. I was that's like, what? They do. What? Yeah, that's what they do. I was like, oh man. <laughs> and they, they have like they think nothing of it and have no remorse about it either. It, and, and and you look at these videos and you see how they do us, but then you see these white boys running up on them talking about come on mm-hmm. and they get tased. But we get knocked yeah, off I seen, twenty I seen times. A video, I seen a video somebody posted of I can't remember where they were, but it was one of these Midwest towns, I can't remember exactly where it was. But it was a video of a white dude walking down the street. Mm-hmm. With an AR-15 strapped across his back, police rolled right by him and didn't say a word. And I, and and I, and I think now it's like they do these um these uh, uh amendment audits where they where they go out in public and want to see if the pol- the local police are you know up on laws you know saying that okay I can carry my gun in public and that's cool, right? But like you just said, if it was a brother. And I've seen, oh, but, and, but that was the other part of that video. A black dude did it, and, and got pressed and like out. Four, and like four cop cars. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the cop car was there, he stopped him. Got oh out yeah. The car. What are you doing? Show me your hands. Yeah, all Put that. Gun down. All that. The nigga radio for like three more, three more cop cars. All that. Up. It was, it was like that was the, the premise of the video. Like two it's people, crazy. Same street, same gun. Nothing crazy. different. Both of them was walking down the street eating ice cream. Crazy. The white dude, the cop just rolled by, said nothing to him. The black dude, he stopped, got out the car, put his gun on him, called three more cop cars. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy man. I crazy. don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. I mean, I don't get it. But what, 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 what? Twenty twenty look fight for you, man. What, what twenty twenty look like, man? Twenty twenty is, is is gonna be a growth year. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna speak it into existence right now. Okay. Twenty twenty is a growth year, not only for my business but just you know me personally as just trying to branch out and step out and 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 be committed to this this entrepreneurship thing and Mm -hmm. saying that if 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 my mind is focused on doing it i know i can do it right and just stop you know holding back and saying what might not happen as opposed to what might happen right that's how i felt that's how i felt filing my llc the other day yeah 
never mind. Like we we be so quick to be worried about what could happen as opposed to the negative side of it. But right, like it also could be a, a flip side to that where great things can happen. So right, I'm 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 a believer for great things to happen. But really, just you know, trying to build this brand, trying to you know extend this coach's currency as far as I can just to let people know like what the, the premise behind it is and really like like this slogan slater try to be a better man than I was last year bro yeah exactly That I think that's all it really is at this point I mean cause you know, we got kids now we got families I mean if we married mm-hmm. if we in relationships I mean we got other stuff that we gotta think about man for this real well, man, I mean, again, man, if, if, if anybody missed it, man, give everybody your handle, man, to, to, to try to get on this this brand, man. Because now that I got a few things in order, man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be putting in a couple orders, man. Because I just like I just like what the what the brand is talking about. And when I posted my um my picture, it was a few people like, hold on, that shirt. I was like, oh, hit my man up. Yeah, I hit, appreciate hit it. Hit my man up. Don't it ain't mine. Hit my man up. So just <laughs> so just let everybody know, you know, where they can where they can get the um the culture over currency, man. Yeah, you can definitely check us out at www.hashtaglegday.com. You can check us out on Instagram at hashtag legday. You gotta spell out the word hashtag. Um you can catch us on Facebook as well, Facebook.com slash hashtag legday. Um and yeah, you can go there and find all kind of Black empowerment from HBCU made to black is dope to culture, culture's currency, just like a whole bunch of empowering statements and slogans, not only to, you know what I mean, get you in the right mindset, but really just trying to trying to think forward, man, and, and, and move the culture forward. Right. Hey, Black, always a pleasure, brother. I appreciate you having me, brother. Always anytime. a pleasure, man. I appreciate the you, man. It's all mine. I appreciate For you. For sure, me. man. Hey, look, y'all, man. It's the six, man. Y'all know how I do it, man. I try to, you know, have um, thought-provoking discussions, man, and just allowing us to, you know, think about what we're doing out here. There's some other things going on. Don't let Trump be the smoke screen and, and, and get us to figure, you know, for, uh, forget about the bigger picture. It's always a bigger picture to everything, even with this situation. Always. Even with this situation, it's a bigger picture What's going on? And I mean, you know, come November 2020, that's the bigger picture. Yep. That's the time that we fuck all that talking, fuck all that. You you don't like this, you don't like that. Uh, let's do something about it. Let's make sure get we out, get out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? Let's make sure we get somebody in office that's going to help us move this country forward because right now, shit is crazy. Shit is definitely crazy. But like I always tell y'all, man, I love y'all. I, I I I I love the support. I love the motivation. It you know the the encouragement that I get in my inboxes when I see y'all out in the street is motivating me to keep going. So I appreciate it, Black. I appreciate you. And like I always I appreciate being a part of it. Brother. Yeah, man. Like I always tell y'all, man, be better than you were yesterday, man. It's the six, man. Y'all be easy. This is a journey. It's it's a process, and and I know that you think that you know everything now and out of the abundance of what you think you speak but sometimes if you would just hold your peace and realize that how you see it today may not be how you see it five years from now and you will have damaged everybody with wrong information because you thought it was an experience and it's a journey
I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, yeah. I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, yeah. I learned my lesson what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, 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 yeah. I'm cruising, 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 yeah. I learned my lesson what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Lord, forgive me for my sins and no weapons shall prosper. Leave me away from all these damn imposters Standing in the trial singing I learned my lesson The Lord showed me all the signs But I ain't get the message Thought I got the memo You crossing me never cross my mental It took me by surprise Now this shit is monumental But it's pushing me, it's pushing me, it's pushing me, yeah And I just step into the booth And just start killing them dead Cause I'm infatuated we're proving what's mine, and I'm just captivated by these newest methods of mine. And it's just fuel to the flame of this aggression of mine. And just like fine wine, boy, we get better with time. Cause I'm just moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, moving. Cause I've been, cause yeah. I've been. I'm cruising. Cause I be, cause I be I learned my lesson, what a price hey, to what a pay price And I just pay. got up on my knees and talked to Christ And I um, woke up feeling blessed Told myself, gotta live and let go No regrets, forgiveness in my heart, never no stress Mellow breeze, AOT, we the best, no Cali On this road to riches for a minute, hey, mileage Had some bustle on the way, guess who couldn't hold on Sad to say, times got real, look who didn't stay true Who you, this ain't no shade, just venting no from another, nothing but love for you. Hope you shine. I've been told you nothing, no, no one gon' ever stop mine. Oh no, this my prime time grind. Hey, move. I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Yeah, I'm cruising, I'm cruising, I'm cruising. Yeah, I learned my lesson, what a price to pay. And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today. Cause I'm just moving, moving, moving. I learned my lesson, what a price to pay And I just got up on my knees and talked to Christ today